Warning. The following podcast contains potentially massive spoilers for the movie referenced in the episode title. If you have not yet seen this movie and wish to be surprised when you do, consider yourself warned and turn back now. Hello, welcome back. It is another episode of Schlock Till You Drop. Not that we're going to do a lot of schlocking this time around. Uh, This is our October episode. And what we have decided is we're going to take October and do a celebration of some of the classics. The universal horror, hammer horror, American international pictures, those kind of things. Uh, The one we're doing today, actually, is the Hammer Studios version of Dracula, from 1958, starring Christopher Lee as the Count and I, Peter I, Cushing as uh, Van Helsing. I'm sorry, let me correct that so it makes Mario happy. Yes. Motherfucking Christopher Lee Thank as the you. Count. He is the man. My God, that guy has done more stuff than syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting comparison. I mean, um, he's probably killed more people than too. <laughs> Definitely in movies. On screen, I have probably so. It is purported that the character of James Bond was based on him. I can see this that. is true. I so. mean, it's Christopher Lee, man. <laughs> so, first off, like I said, you know, we're doing the we're doing this older one, so we're not going to do this in the the traditional style. We we have just rewatched this movie uh, first time in a little while for me, Joe. I think you said you watch this kind of semi regularly. I watch it. Yeah, I've probably seen this half a hundred times. Right. This is the first time I have ever seen this movie. So we're we're going to go into it with that, and we're just going to discuss it. We're not going to decide whether it needs to be remade because it's Dracula. It's been remade to death. Oh my god. Um, and we're not going to worry about whether it stands up or or should fade away because. Honestly, most of the actual Dracula adaptations have some worthiness to them. Um, some may not be close to the novel. Some may be a little too close to the novel. But at any rate, all of them have something to bring to the table. So it makes all of them pretty valid. Right. I've always loved the sensibility of this movie. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it moves at a clip, for especially for an older movie. Yeah, you know, the runtime on this one with credits is an hour and 21 minutes. Yeah, uh, it starts off getting straight to the point. You know, there's no slowly discovering that Dracula's a vampire. There's no, you know, lamentation in the in his uh, castle by Jonathan Harker. Jonathan Harker shows up, he's a vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah, right out of the gate. He and, he and Van Helsing have been longtime friends, and they are working together. In fact, his entire purpose for being at Dracula's castle is is to kill Dracula. Pretty much. I mean, he has a cover of being a Clark who is there to copy over... Um... He's going to be his librarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, within the first 20 minutes of the movie, we're killing vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, exactly. And I know the one thing that we all commented on for this, when it comes to gothic set pieces, nobody did it like Hammer. It's oh. so good. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was one thing I kept saying when I was... First time seeing this, I was like, that is just gorgeous set piece. This is, I mean, I've seen thousands of Dracula remakes, and, mm. and but this one definitely stands out on the set pieces alone. And it, it has motherfucking Christopher Lee. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Now, the version we watched is the one that's in Technicolor. Um, I know there's a black and white version as well. I'm almost certain. I, 
I know I've seen this in black and white. It could be my stupid brain playing tricks on it me. It could but... be. But the Technicolor on this, Hammer really uses it to their advantage. The color palette for this movie is so wonderful in the the light and dark contrast. This yeah, is true. Especially in those gothic scenes where there are moments where you think you're looking at a painting and they ran through it. That's not right. a painting. That's yeah. actually part of the set. Yeah, and the, when the icy blue of uh, of Peter Cushing's eyes, when it, yes. the close up on his faces, and it's haunting and powerful. Yeah, and, the color palette is just beautiful, and and pull out the photography term here, the chiaroscuro, right, right, that they're using. That contrast is so well done, and it really makes this. It is one of the things that makes the movies a classic, and all the Hammer pictures have that aesthetic to them. There are certain things you can always look at, and you automatically know you're looking at a hammer movie oh, right color palette set design busty women in billowing clothes Very oh true. yeah <laughs> and it, it's a standard through every hammer horror we should talk about the costuming of. very tasteful for a horror movie very, very much yes you know yeah, this is true dracula looks crazy good he's not cheesy looking you know Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee rocks that cape like nobody's business. Nobody nobody works a cape like Christopher Lee. <laughs> stage trained. Oh, yeah. Stage trained, of course. He works yeah. like that. So, yeah, you can see it. And I don't know. I, don't, I was just, I mean, it's it's a beautiful looking movie. It has some flaws, but it's a beautiful looking movie. It does. <laughs> the movie, like we said, it's 1958. It does deviate significantly from the novel, yeah. so it's not the, the classic Dracula story that everyone knows. But at the same time, you have to look at some of those flaws and think, was it a product of the time and the limitations of the filmmaking capabilities from then? Or was it a problem with the director and the performance and things like that? As far as performances, now they are very melodramatic at times but again they're shakespearean trained they're they're coming off the stage onto this that's what you're gonna get right well i was mean the, what was the scene i was talking about the brother when 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 lucy, lucy gets was, killed yeah the brother was in the background he throws going, himself oh, against the yeah. wall yeah <laughs> yeah throws himself against the wall face, you know kind of face first to to avoid the the agony of what he's having yeah, I mean, to, I, to bear witness to and yeah i get and it was just so that certain things like that is just a little bit overacting a little bit. If he probably went with that more subtle, I love the melodrama. <laughs> uh, it's so it adds this kind of sweeping, almost epic feel to it, where it's almost like a like an ancient story being told. The melodrama, you know, I would agree with that. But then there's points in here where I can see certain scenes be more melodramatic melodramatic but then they went more subtle with it it was interesting so there's points where i feel that they kind of went one way with it but then didn't go another way go the same way with it yeah okay i I see what you're getting at yeah and it's i mean you have even at the time this was made these were veteran actors oh yeah oh yes and (laughs) and they they really know what they're doing and i don't think I don't think any Hammer director was hired to get a specific per, uh, performance out of their actors. I think wow. they were hired to get a movie put together so they could right. get it released. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, that, that, that was movies at this time anyway. Yeah. Turn so I out. think all of the, the choices on how scenes played came down to how the actors chose to play those scenes. Right. And you'll notice the more subdued yet melodramatic 
which is a weird contrast. But if you think mm. about it, it's what happened. Came out of Cushing and Lee. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, uh, yeah, Lee well, only has like thirteen lines, something like that. In this oh yeah, whole movie. very very few. Oh, yeah, but his presence, <laughs> yeah, definitely felt is every massive. time he popped up, the music just. Bl- I mean, it didn't blare, but it just it, it swells, swells, yeah. and you just like, oh, there he is, and you just you can feel him. In the room, yeah, he's almost always framed. His silhouette's almost framed by darkness. Yeah. Just about every time you yeah, see he, him, he was a he and was a force of presence yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, no, I I I give mad props to him. Even in fact, I'm a fanboy of Christopher Lee. I give props to how they shot and how they portrayed him in this. Yeah, and I like Peter Cushing too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I love uh, Cushing's performance. His delivery, of the lines, it's so matter of fact. Yeah, so. Don't you idiots know what's going on? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Van Helsing has always been a character that thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the room. And oftentimes, because he is. Right. And you really feel that in Cushing's performance of this character. You really feel that arrogance that kind of defines Van Helsing. He's almost playing the detective in his... He's, presence of the, the detective uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was about to say. Yeah. He's like Sherlock well, Holmes. Well, and spitting, I think he's performed as Sherlock Holmes mm. once or I twice. I don't remember. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the effects for this one. I mean, it's 1958, so the effects are relatively primitive. Oh, right. no, the, the effects were but actually really good. Actually. They are incredibly well done. Dracula's death sequence. There was a lot of work mm-hmm. that went into that. Just simply amazing. It, it's stunning to, to watch. The the very, I mean, it's the very last scene of the movie, basically. Yeah. And in the ending shot, which we still have pulled up on the screen here in front of us, is just the close up on the ring on on top of the family seal. Yeah. It's so good. So good. And and the way the effects work, I mean, it some of it's simple balloon deflation, yeah. right? You know, covered in latex, that kind of stuff. But it is so effective. With the way that they frame the shot and the way that they make that effect work, and you know, it, it, first his leg hits the sunlight, and you see it deflate, and then break away into dust, and then his hand hits, and it does the same; it goes to dust, and then his head. Um, the face was a little wonky when the head goes to dust, right, yeah. but it's totally forgivable because the scene still works; it still carries a punch to it. Oh yeah, the fear on Lee's face when the sunlight starts to hit him. Yes. It's like there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And I think in the hands of a less capable actor, that scene probably wouldn't have worked as well. But Lee sells it perfectly. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I definitely see one of the things I definitely see is a lot of uh uh special effects where a lot of people get their special effects ideals. Mm. I can definitely see that from this movie. I, I mean I'm trying to think of some special effects artists off the top of my head. I can't oh, yeah. Some of the ones from the 40s and 50s yeah. were definite influences on the modern. Oh, yeah. You can definitely see On the modern guys that. like Nicotero and Berger and, and Rick Baker and all those. I mean, they definitely drew. And, and you know, even this, you can see where it was drawing influence from Jack Pierce's makeups yeah. on the Universal Monsters in the 30s. Right. And 40s. So, you know, it. you can definitely see this not only as a classic for what it is, but as a classic that helped to influence the generations that came after it. Well, yeah, and the uh, the vampire's bite being a drug, and the the sheer romance and kind of the sexuality of the vampire. Uh, I really thought that was kind of cool, though. The you mentioned the vampire bite being a drug and the drug addiction, and them discussing mm-hmm. that, and it's something that you didn't see in the Lugosi Dracula, right? True, and it's not something you really saw much of in 
the Coppola Dracula. Right. But 1958, you know, this is the, the reefer madness craze mm-hmm. is going at this point. So to hear them talk about drug addiction, mm-hmm. which is a very modern problem still, in a time that everyone sees as so idyllic, is really kind of neat. I, I kind of liked that, and it, it makes me think that kind of in that way they were a little bit forward-thinking. Or maybe yeah. Stoker was forward-thinking. I don't remember if that's in the novel or not. but I don't think so. Um, the so- Stoker certainly had the sexuality of vampires No, the sexuality, there, yes. Certainly. Uh, I don't. Re- I don't remember specifically. You know, there could be some hardcore Stoker fans out there who are yelling at me right now. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read that novel since I was in high school, and that's right. been a long time ago. So you have to forgive I, me. Yeah, I probably haven't either, and and I am really ashamed to admit that since I'm Facebook friends with Doc Ray Stoker. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry. Uh, your your new one's on my to be red pile. If that makes any sense. But, but um, uh, yeah, no. anyway, that carries forward all the way to Anne Rice. Oh, uh, yeah. Anne Rice, I think, is the one that really exploded the romanticism mm-hmm. of the vampire um, with Lestat and Lewis and an interview with the vampire. Right. But, yeah, it, it's, it was there in Stoker's novel, the allure that Dracula, uh, Count Dracula exudes was oh, already there. Well, and then the the brides of Dracula with uh, with Jonathan Harker and that sort of thing too. Uh, so it goes both ways. But yeah, and they did uh, an excellent job here with the seduction of Jonathan Harker with the bride. I thought, you know, she came across as have and was a sexual being and as a woman in distress mm-hmm. and yeah, and kind of lured, lured yeah, him into her, her trap. Yeah, using feminine wiles yeah. to make herself more of a damsel in distress than she really was, mm-hmm. and. But at the same time, and Mario, you even pointed out, re- Harker's reaction, because we're not dealing with the same Jonathan Harker that we're used to, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, yes. is completely different to it, where his response is, mm, yes, I will help you, but it's that creepy serial killer, yeah, I will help you, as opposed to... creepy, and then... As sh- opposed to the almost innocent, I'll right, help right. you, that Harker, well, yeah, we know, would have demonstrated. Of course, because Har- Harker in this is a vampire hunter, just rather Correct. than a man yeah. of action. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he knew she was. Th- now that you know, if you think about it, he probably knew she was already turned, and so he was like, "Yes." Oh, yes. I think he suspected yeah. it, if nothing else. Yeah, he's yeah. like, "Yes, yes, I will help you." Of and course. maybe he and figures, and it is played for she is coming on a bit strong about that. You need to help me, bit. Right. And yep. maybe they they are looking at it as the character kind of cues in that okay, she's playing this way too hard. That yeah. she's trying yes, to, but she, just cued in a little too late. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. Yeah, she's trying to nibble here. Let's not, yeah. That was interesting how they did that myth, how they did the single bite turns you. Well, it wasn't that a single bite turns you. As as, uh, Van Helsing explains, the bite, you die from blood loss. Right. So once you die from blood loss, which is usually over a prolonged period, that is what turns you. Um, There's none of the... The stuff that we've seen later where they have to drink the vampire's blood after they've been drained almost right from to like, death themselves. Yeah, when, when he was going down into those crypts to kill the woman first, he was trying to save his own life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the... that. See, there, see, as much as I like this film... Yeah, but you don't get that vampire lore to layer in the movie because you, you're thinking that whole time, why doesn't he just stake Dracula yeah, why doesn't to he begin just with? Stake her? Yeah. yeah. And then later in the movie, you're like, oh, if he killed her like we saw with Mina, he wouldn't turn. Right. But if he would have killed Dracula first, 
Well, he may he may not have lived another day though. Yeah. I mean, so he was kind of trying to buy himself some time. Didn't help him anyway. No, it did not. Spoilers. Police still got him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, spoilers on a. Yeah. Spoilers Very on a movie old from movie. 1958, yeah. yeah. Which was interesting because Lee got up, left the room just so he can re-enter the room. <laughs> yeah, just so he can make that enter a room. <laughs> there is nobody that can enter a room like that man as Dracula. But he did. He was in the coffin. He got up, he, he left was... so he could come back in with that intimidating entrance. And yeah. closed the door. <laughs> it's like... Why? But again, the, even that Lee. closing the door, yeah, it's Christopher <laughs> Lee. But that also plays those beautiful shots that we were talking right. about. Because you get that, that shaft of light coming through the door. Yeah. And then as he closes it, the screen just goes to complete darkness. Yeah. And it's beautifully played. Oh, yeah, no, that's oh, great. Man, good shot. Um, the cinematography is really good in this. The set design is really good. The costume design is really Even Peter Cushing's pimp coat. And I'm... I, I kept saying this the whole time yeah. of the movie. He had a pimp coat. <laughs> well, the bling. furry collar and the, yeah. So so if you really think about it, though, I think that this movie is is ultimately an indictment of Nazi Germany. Because the reason everything goes south is because that stupid German Gerda ah, can't leave ah. the garlic in the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gerda. Gerda, Gerda, Gerda. I see. This is one of those points where I was when I was saying where they went subtle instead of just going to melodramatic. That scene where he, where they were explaining to him, oh well, yeah, we didn't we didn't set the stuff up like we were supposed to, and I, I so expected someone to just be like pimp slap her mm-hmm. because she's like, oh, it's my fault. But they just went, oh, okay, and it just kind yeah. of went. They kind of. I see what you're getting. They at, went yeah. subtle. On they some, went very subtle. They on went that very one. subtle. I mean, I understand why. I, uh, Actually, I don't understand why they went subtle on that scene. I'm still kind of confused. Well, Van Helsing was being very gracious. Yeah. Because Otto went, Neener, 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 told you so. Well, yeah. Van Helsing was like, well, that's and why and they, and, and, they were blaming him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but he took it because they had just lost, lost their yeah. sister and, and, yeah, and their brother in law. And their brother in law. Yeah. And he did take advantage of the situation, which was still a very Van Helsing thing to do. And it says, look, I didn't tell you how Jonathan died because I didn't think you needed to know. But since it ties back to this, here's his diary. Read it for yourself and get back to me. Right. And they absolutely get back to him. P.S. I told you so. <laughs> yeah, that, that was his I told you so. A very tactful, I to- a very British I told you so. Then the little girl, the scene with the little girl. I, lo- I honestly expected them to kill the little girl. I'm surprised they didn't go that far with it. She was very good. Oh, no, yeah. She was a very yeah. good actress. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> no, there was no, there was no point to kill the little. Holly girl. agrees, <laughs> but yeah, the little girl was really good, um, and yeah, it, a while so. back then they could have gotten away probably a little more than they could today with violence against children. It was still a taboo thing. You got to think most of these movies when they came out were rated X, right? Um, not X, not triple X. You know, in fact, the porn industry subverted the X rating, but it meant adults only right. because it was subject matter that children should not be exposed to. And this was one of those. Now it would be rated PG because it's it's bloodless. There's no foul language. There's no nudity. There's the blood. Very, very little. Yeah. Not enough to flag it. Not enough for the MPAA to flag it as an R. Right. This would be a PG movie. Yeah, certainly. But at the time it was X. 
but there were still subjects that were taboo. I mean, this was a time period where you didn't see nudity on screen. That didn't come about until the 60s. Right. Um, yeah, not even really foul language beyond a damn or a hell. Yeah. 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 I mean, all of that stuff, you didn't see it. Did they even say damn or hell? In not this in this. One. <laughs> but I mean, like, but, during the wind, time, frankly, frame. my dear, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But that's about as strong language as you got right. during this time. So, and that was a <gasps> killing kids would have, if there had been an underground film market at this point in time, mm-hmm. you probably would have seen stuff like that. Like the, the independent stuff that happens today definitely would have probably used that. But at the time, big studios, they didn't want the controversy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Though it was very cool that they put her in danger. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the fact danger. that she was in danger was a rarity. And it was like three seconds from being a midnight snack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, that, I mean, that in itself was a rarity, and that played upon that fear that every parent had for their children right. anyway. So. Don't that be fun size? <laughs> <laughs> Though anyway. I, I do feel Why the need. Why are fun to... size snacks small? That's <laughs> not very fun to me. Right. I do feel the need, however, to point out that the movies of that time period had no problems with killing teenagers. This is true. Because we have, you know, I was a teenage Frankenstein. Right, I was right. a teenage werewolf. We, you know, I was a teenage whatever monster you want to come up with. I was a teenage creature from the Black Lagoon. I well, know. no one likes teenagers. No, <laughs> true. Well, teenagers was the... Was their target still, audience for all this. Well, they're certainly. still considered children, but they were old enough to where it's still somewhat acceptable because they were not... They're yeah. getting close to the adulthood. Yeah. So, yeah. That's probably why they. And plus, they eat, eat all your food and don't clean their room. I mean, yeah, it right. Well, and the teenagers of the late 50s and early 60s were the it juvenile was... delinquents, the terrors. You know, right, people were the, afraid uh, of them. The so. cigarette smoking, fast car driving. Yeah. Yeah. Greasers. Greasers. Hippies was not until the uh, 60s, yeah. late, uh, mid late 60s. All right. <laughs> At this time, it was the greasers and the, the JDs, juvenile delinquents. Grease the, is the word. Yeah. But anyway, but Chad, overall, we'll we'll sum this up because we really, I mean, there's not much to say that we haven't already said. This movie is great. It is, watching this movie is like eating a bowl of hot chicken noodle soup on a cold night. Absolutely. While you're wrapped up in a blanket in front of a fire. Yeah. Uh, it you, is just that comfort feel. You can You can buy this movie online for three bucks. Yeah. And it'll be the best three bucks you ever spent. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it's it's a classic for a reason. It's an influence for a reason. It's an I- The performances are iconic for a reason. I see that, yeah. So, all in all, this is a very, very good one. Um, Mario, what are your final thoughts? This was your first viewing. I enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, Christopher Lee... His performance was just top notch. You can just tell he gave his all. Peter Cushing was excellent in this. The story is the story I know. I mean, they did some changes in there that I called. I was like, "This is different." And I don't yeah. remember that from the book and so on. But yeah. I mean, a lot of things condensed for yeah, runtime. But it was condensed. You can tell it was condensed, and the set design was gorgeous. My God, I keep saying I want to buy this castle. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. mean, I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Yeah, and Joe is a a. Long time rewatcher of this one, right? I love all the Hammer movies. It's, it's. Oh, yeah. I'm hard pressed to say anything bad about any of them, really. But this is the best one. They've earned a reputation as being hokey, but 
looked at through the lens of time and when it was made, they're actually not that hokey. Oh, they're they're fantastic. actually fantastic. Yeah, they are. They they all stand up very well. The stories they told were very well. They did have a big thing about adapting almost every Edgar Allan Poe story in existence for very a while true. there, but. Uh, Still, they they all still kind of hold up. Those stories hold up because the stories that they were telling are timeless. Absolutely. All right. That is going to conclude our classic horror retrospective for 1958's Dracula, known in the U.S. as Horror of Dracula, I believe we discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was we, shocked. It, it, it had another title. I didn't know. I, I didn't either, and I was confused when we were discussing which movie we were doing and kept kind of going back and forth on the name, and, oh, oh this is why. Yeah, they're the same movie. Yeah, same movie, different name. Um, but uh, uh, we will have one more episode this month. Uh, it is Halloween coming up. Two episodes in one month? John, what is wrong with you? We're also <laughs> recording two episodes in one night. Am so. I getting paid overtime for this? We're not getting paid for this at all, remember? What? what? <laughs> uh, not yet, anyway. Maybe the time will come when we'll get advertising and that kind of thing, but nah. let, let's, let's have some more fun first. Then we'll, then we'll start taking it serious. No, we won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, we do have a little treat for you starting for the, with this episode and going forward. Um, we mentioned on the last episode how we were looking for some outro music. Well, I got in touch with a musician friend of mine asking about one song. And because he wasn't the only writer on it, I would have had to dealt with licensing and, and copyright and things like that. He said, or I can send you some of the stuff I've been working on. I was like, All right, send it to me. So he sends it to me and I heard it. The fact that he mentioned it was written right after binge watching Stranger Things uh, kind of cemented it for me. Wait, who is this artist you're speaking of? Uh, his name is Danny Archer. Wait, wait, Danny Archer? <laughs> the Danny Archer? Uh, that uh, Danny Archer? Yeah, uh, his name is Danny Archer. Uh, he's His uh, new project is uh, called uh, Stonewashed... Oh, shit. When's uh, he going to finish that mummy project he was working on? <laughs> probably <laughs> never. But, you know, we're just asking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Let me give this. I told him I would give the right credit. So let me give the right credit. All right. It is Stonewashed Nation is the name of the the band that this was made under. He's got about four of them going. Okay. Um, He owns a company called Panda Goat Productions. If you want to check them out online, uh, you'll see Stonewashed Nation, uh, the other projects he's working on. There's one that is a 70s throwback band that you definitely have to read the bios for the band members. <laughs> they are awesomely hilarious. But anyway, he provided this track for us free of charge. Sometimes it's good to know people. <laughs> That's all I can say to that. that is so true. thanks to Danny for this. Um, his title for it was Archer's New Jam. So you could call it still kind of a work in progress, but it was finished <laughs> enough for us. So. Uh, thanks, Danny. Thank so you, thanks Danny. for that, Danny. And uh, you'll be able to hear it, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Actually, we will see you on Halloween. Ooh. See you soon. Bye. Bye.